Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. You can stick it to the man and big tech. Join our FTL social mastodon at social.freetalklive.com. return with liberty conspiracy on free talk live i'm gardner goldsmith and i welcome you to join us every monday through friday live at 6 p.m eastern time for the liberty conspiracy because freedom is out of fashion you can tune in on rumble on rockman and on my twitter slash x at guard goldsmith g-a-r-d goldsmith please spread the word like the information you're getting and join us in any of the chats well dan cranshaw he uh, in my eyes was never cool and uh, here he is doing something that is absolute virtue signaling for the conservatives red meat for the conservatives and we can draw out a very very key lesson here to pass on to anybody when it comes to the constitution and valuation so here's the piece just released today wrote it sunday for mrc tv Dan Crenshaw tries to defund universities engaged in DEI policies. Mrs. Bigger Point. I know, you're shocked, right? What a shocker. Dan Crenshaw misses the bigger point. Okay. Cynicism on the part of a proponent need not be the primary reason that a superficially good-looking, hot-button political proposal doesn't get to the principle-based root of the matter. Sometimes the proponent simply might lack an understanding of the deeper principle, or he might be incapable of grasping it. Such are the possibilities when studying the recent move by Congressman Dan Crenshaw, Republican of Texas, to ban federal funding for universities that require so-called DEI, or diversity, equity, and inclusion statements from prospective students or employees. So you got to have a statement, got to sign a DEI statement. Ah, awesome. DEI is bald-faced prejudice in practice. It is sexism, racism, ageism, genderist preference stereotyping with a cozy name. And it's something many pro-liberty folks find utterly offensive and unacceptable. It also is very popular within the ranks of leftist university administrators and dinosaur entertainment and in government. But that flash of righteous indignation, that first blush vibe of agreement with Crenshaw's move against DEI might fall slightly short of the proper constitutional and ethical marks. Mark Mobley writes for the College Fix, quote, Crenshaw said DEI bureaucracy is directly responsible for a toxic campus culture and his ban will protect freedom of thought on campuses. Specifically, his bill would amend the Higher Education Act to block federal funds for colleges and universities that require DEI statements as a condition of employment or enrollment. Yes. So a lot of reading from me there. Just pause there again. It would block federal funds through the Higher Education Act from going to colleges and universities that require DEI statements as a condition of employment or enrollment. Okay, how wonderful of him. 
So, I write, of course, that means that those of us who bother to read the Constitution, you know, the so-called rules by which Crenshaw swears to operate as he draws a salary off our tax money, we have to remind Mr. Crenshaw that the U.S. Constitution doesn't allow the federal government to give federal funds to colleges or universities for anything. Why is it that people such as Crenshaw appear so intent on playing off of current cultural conflicts and scoring points by introducing legislation that perhaps he thinks conservatives will like those subjects when he overlooks the deeper substantive rule he already swore to uphold? So why does he play off those conflicts, scoring points, by from conservatives that he thinks will like what he's doing when he overlooks the deeper substantive rule he already swore to uphold is he unaware of the fundamentals if he finds it offensive that the feds take our money and hand it over to others for dei why doesn't he find the initial act of the taking to be offensive The feds not only have no constitutional power to take our money to fund a university for any reason, the politicians like Crenshaw have no moral authority to take our money. No moral authority. Even if the Constitution were amended to allow it, the taking would not suddenly be made ethical or moral. Period. If he grasps that, why doesn't he call an end end to the showering of federal funds on colleges for any reason? Surely some taxpayers might like DEI, others might not, and it should be up to them to personally fund what they prefer, not for the government to take their money, then get them arguing with each other over where and how that giant pot o politically grabbed gold will be poured. And this goes for the borders, this goes for your self-defense, every aspect of what the government does. Stop telling your neighbor how you're going to make them pay for what you prefer. Leave them alone. It's, a, it's, it's such a basic moral precept. It applies in every aspect where people think the government is providing something. No. You're forcing someone else to provide it. <laughs> Amazing. Are, and I said, and are other major problems, I said, and there are, should be, and there are other major problems with Crenshaw's watch the shiny thing but miss the point proposal. He tells us that DEI bureaucracy is directly responsible for a, quote, toxic campus culture, end quote. But if DEI purports to push inclusivity and diversity, especially for so-called minorities, how is one to assess this next Crenshaw expostulation? Quote, we can see the utter moral bankruptcy in higher education with the spread of anti-Semitism on college campuses, Crenshaw said in a statement when he introduced the bill. Make no mistake, he said, the DEI bureaucracy is directly responsible for a toxic campus culture that separates everyone into oppressor versus oppressed, end quote. I said, which assumes there really is greater anti-Semitism on college campuses, a point that is in debate. Oh, look, there's a hyperlink, NewsGuard. Since many people who see students calling for a ceasefire in Gaza or protesting against the polis of Israel depict those students as anti-Semitic when they are not, and in fact, 
when their call for peace also includes a call for peace among the Semitic people known as Palestinians. Crenshaw's easy, inappropriate turn to label people as anti-Semitic is something Republicans in D.C. have seen used against them many times in the past. Let me show you the hyperlink here. This one goes over to Media Matters. Oh, look, 100-plus examples of Republican politicians embracing anti-Semitic media since 2021. So Crenshaw should know better. It's already been used against many of his colleagues, fatuously. Fakely. I said, even Congressman Jerry Nadler pointed out that many of the Hasidic Jews in his district have called for a ceasefire by the Zionist rulers of the Israeli state. Yet some of his colleagues in the House might label them as astoundingly anti-Semitic. Most people here, uh, I said, most important here is the fact that none of this is the federal government's business at all. Crenshaw might want to remember that before he continues his posturing, his parade of superficial cuts in handouts that shouldn't happen at all, when the government force is removed, then we can assess things ourselves. We can see what we want to fund and to what extent. Until then, we can remind Crenshaw that some of us aren't dazzled by these shallow ploys. We can read the Constitution and understand the immorality of government-backed theft and redistribution. We don't need to go to college to get it. Does he? Yes, I got to slam Dan Dan Crenshaw a little tiny bit. Now, let's look at a real good slammer. A guy who is awesome and I would love to have him beside me in the mosh pit. He is James Bovard. He has this guilty but clueless special counsel verdict on Biden. Here it is, everybody. Good stuff from him just out at the Libertarian Institute yesterday. Here's a photograph, page 171 of the Delaware garage. Oh, look, there are those classified documents. Ah, Interesting. Garage box with classified Afghanistan documents as encountered by FBI December 21st, 2022. Exhibit 843, they say. Did a special counsel report officially launch the Biden administration death spiral, writes James Bovard. President Joe Biden is not guilty because he is hopelessly clueless about his own life and career. That is the tacit verdict of special counsel Robert Hur, who concluded that Biden, quote, willfully retained and disclosed classified information, which risked serious damage to America's national security, end quote. Bovard writes, if anyone else did this, they would be they would be federal crimes or they'd be cited for uh, engaging, committing federal crimes. But Biden cannot be convicted of a, quote, felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. The special counsel concluded, apparently because Biden's mind is gone. Uncle Joe is little more than an elderly man with a poor memory, according to the report. The special counsel report stated that Biden's memory was significantly limited in his interview with our offices in 2023. Writes Bovard, was significantly limited a euphemism for undetectable? James continues, Biden, quote, did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended, end quote. Bovard writes, pathetically, Biden asked the interviewers, When did I stop being vice president, end quote. Biden, quote, can't remember, even within several years, when his son Bo died. 
end quote. Has anybody heard Joe Scarborough say, well, I don't remember when my mom died. I, I'm not sure. I'm not, if you if impressed me, I wouldn't be sure what year my mom died. Okay, first of all, um, Joe, I don't believe you. Second of all, um, there's a difference between a lot of years going by and saying, was that 2003, 2004, trying to remember? It's been so long since I lost that person. I clearly remember what the weather was like when I walked out of the hospital or, you know, whatever, right? And multiple years around that. That's what Joe Scarborough's. I mean, the guy is just just reaching, reaching for anything they can get. More. James Bovard. It says, um, um, it says, even though Biden never misses a chance to seek sympathy from audiences by mentioning that death. Good point. Biden exempted himself from federal law long ago. Biden presumed that former vice presidents had a divine right to disclose federal secrets to their ghost writers. Biden told his ghost writer in 2017 that information was classified, but later claimed to the special counsel that he didn't really mean classified. The special counsel found that assertion not justified based on Biden's nearly 50 years of experience dealing with classified information. The report denigrated Biden's recall in the 2017 recorded interviews with the ghostwriter as, quote, often painfully slow, with Mr. Biden struggling to remember events and straining at times to read and relay his own notebook entries, end quote. But his memory was even worse in 2023, the special counsel lamented. Unfortunately, American politics has become almost as infantilized as Biden's recall. Team Biden's biggest fear was that the her report would include jolting photos of classified documents recklessly strewn around Biden's home and garage. Well, bingo. But who amongst us have not stored notebooks full of top secret information underneath their TV, as Biden did in Delaware? The report noted that classified Afghanistan documents were found, quote, in a badly damaged box in the garage near a collapsed dog crate, a dog bed, a Zappos box, an empty bucket, a broken lamp wrapped with duct tape, potting soil and synthetic firewood. The special counsel report concluded that if Biden was prosecuted for violating the law, quote, his attorneys would emphasize these limitations in his recall, end quote. But how can Biden be fit for the presidency if he is unfit to prosecute? If Biden is reelected, should the official oath of office be modified to promise to faithfully execute the office of president of the United States on dates that I remember I am president, end quote. Biden's legal team denounced the Her report for investigative excess, end quote, that resulted in trashing Biden with what they said were extraneous, unfounded and irrelevant critical commentary. End quote. But the special counsel did not take an oath to hide Biden's debility from the American people. The 388 page report provides perhaps more insights into the commander in chief than perhaps her intended. Congressional Republicans should demand to see the full transcript or video of the special counsel's five hour interview with Biden. There were likely other Biden blackouts as bad or worse as those revealed in the special counsel report. The White House compounded the damage from the report with a hastily called press conference that was dominated by President Biden screaming at reporters, my memory is fine, he asserted, 
while a when a female reporter asked about voters concern about his age, Biden finger pointed and growled. That is your judgment. That is your judgment. That is not the judgment of the press. As we noted, she's in the press, right? Biden took no personal responsibility for the violations of federal law recounted in the report. The president angrily derided what he called the extraneous material in the report. Biden again played the bow card to exonerate himself or at least get sympathy. The report stated that Biden can't remember even within several years when his son Bo died. Biden raged. How in the hell dare he raise that question? I don't need anyone to remind me when he passed away. That is classic, classic deflection by a person with memory problems. How dare you bring that up? Biden declared that, quote, I wear since the day he died the rosary. He got it. Our lady of uh, and then his voice faded off, perhaps because he forgot the name of the church. I played that audio. It's pretty sad. Biden proclaimed, quote, I am the most qualified person in this country to be the president of the United States. Biden also bizarrely claimed that he had vowed to be a president for everybody, whether they were from a red state or a green state. Is green state defined by more than 20 percent of residents owning a Tesla or what? Writes James Bovard. He also declared, quote, the bottom line is the matter is now closed, end quote. But the president doesn't reap bonus points for an active fantasy life. There's a lot more here. And I recommend that you check it out. I've retweeted that. It's excellent stuff from James Boulevard. And, of course, talk about insults. I want to give you this one. New York City Mayor, didn't get to talk about this a week ago, but I, I wanted to bring this up. New York City Mayor thinks your speech is an environmental threat. Yeah. New York City Mayor Eric Adams just classified social media as an environmental threat a move that seems more driven by fear of free speech and information access rather than by genuine concern for public health. This action isn't fundamentally about social media. It's an effort by Adams to deflect from his own legal issues and policy missteps. It also happens that social media is a conduit for citizens to express their concerns or discontent discontent about government policies, which some Democrats seem too keen to want to limit. And of course, it's all bound up in the climate canard. Carl Zabo writes that, and I will retweet this now, just in case, even though it's a week old, I'll put this out here if you want to see it. And that brings us back to the British Ofcom being turned into the online protection board that will, of course, try to stifle people's speech when it comes to things like the environment, carbon dioxide, methane, and all that other stuff. So perhaps sites like this at Twitter slash X could also become verboten. Pictures of cats in New York as the New York Animal Control Center has been cited many, many times for doing really bad stuff. There are some heroic people who try to rescue those animals from getting killed. And I know it's difficult if you work in an animal control center, I understand, but the ACC in New York has been cited many, many times for killing animals early, doing terrible things. Here's more. If you want to follow and try to rescue, I really like this guy, Peter Askin. Let me uh, make this bigger for you. Peter Askin is at Peter, A-S-K-I-N, the number one. Peter, A-S-K-I-N, the number one. You'll see me retweeting a lot of these things. What he does is very interesting. He has people get into the comments section on Twitter slash X, 
and promise that they will pay a certain amount of money if the cat will be rescued. And then either he or somebody else goes and contacts someone and says, okay, we've got this much in promise funding. Can you go rescue the kitty cat? And the kitty cat can get rescued. I just, I, I think that's pretty much the way it works. They've rescued, it, it must be a cat a day or more. It's just wonderful. It's great. The cats are getting uh, placed in homes. Many of them have medical problems. They raise money to try to help out, whether it's diabetes or a urinary tract infection that sometimes they get from being in those centers. So if you want to help out an animal, uh, try following those folks who are helping the cats out. Uh, they also have uh, you know dog shelters and things like that that they're doing. And again, a big plus for Glenn Jacobs, the mayor of Knox County. Uh, Glenn, former Kane and WWE friend of mine, uh, Glenn owns a farm and he um, reworked the barn. Rather than being for horses, he made the horse stalls into spots for dogs that were on the kill list at a shelter. And in order to rescue them and give them extra time to be able to be adopted, he brings them in, gives them food and a place to stay inside the barn. And he can hold, I think he told me when I was there, 13 dogs, which is remarkable. And uh, good for him. Really good stuff. So a little something to give you there. Now, uh, we're going to close things off tonight, everybody, with um, just to let you know the latest from MRC TV and show you the video. I won't play it for you tonight because I read the piece, um, but I'll show you at the MRC TV YouTube page. And, of course, they're going to have a commercial, which thankfully I already brought down on the volume. So that's cool. But you'll see this. Yeah, who's this handsome dude? Yeah. So this is the one about Hillary Clinton and MSNBC slobbering all over Hillary Clinton to discredit Carlson Putin interview. Now, if you go over to Rumble, uh, you'll see that MRC TV also published another one of mine that I don't know whether it is at, it's not at YouTube because, of course, it deals with the climate. So I'll show you this one tomorrow. And here it is, a little bigger. That's this one. Conservative commentator Mark Stein loses defamation defense. That's the one that I read yesterday for you. So you can see that tomorrow. We'll play it tomorrow for you on the show. There's a lot more Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. Remember to visit us at my Twitter slash X, which is at Gard Goldsmith, G-A-R-D, Goldsmith. Or you can find my Substack, Gardner Goldsmith, or head on over to Rockton, Rumble, or that Twitter slash X at 6 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and you'll find the Liberty Conspiracy gathering to plot and plan for the inevitable day of greater freedom. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a 
smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred not tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800 430 1891 A former FBI informant faces charges for allegedly lying about President Biden's involvement in his son Hunter's foreign business dealings. President Biden confirmed the ex-informant's falsehoods and urged House Republicans to drop their impeachment inquiry. The indictment is a setback for House Republicans who have used Alexander Smirnov's allegations in their push to impeach the president. Egypt is reportedly building a refugee camp near the Gaza border in anticipation of potential conflict if Israel attacks the southern city of Rafah. Sources indicate to Reuters that an area is being readied near Gaza with basic facilities to shelter Palestinians. John Schaefer, USA News. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. Appreciate what we do? Help us advertise, market, and promote for just $5 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. 
return with Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. I'm Gardner Goldsmith, and I welcome you to join us every Monday through Friday, live at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for the Liberty Conspiracy, because freedom is out of fashion. You can tune in on Rumble, on Rockfin, and on my Twitter, slash X, at Gard Goldsmith, G-A-R-D Goldsmith. Please spread the word if you like the information you're getting, and join us in any of the chats. The market doesn't fail. It incorporates failure into its process. Individuals in the market can fail. When you encounter economics, you understand that the market is an ongoing experimental process of people assessing what they want, of resource revelation and allocation and competition, and people offering a certain amount of money for something, affixing a price to it, and that acting as a signal to people to then either continue what they're doing or shift away from it or add more people to something that looks beneficial. It drives people to innovate. It drives people to find new resources and invent new things because the ultimate resource is the human mind as it tries to serve the person and tries to serve other people for a profit. It's like the market incorporates failure into it as part of the ongoing experiment. There is no such thing as market failure. The market never fails because it needs failure as part of its operational system. So let's turn now to Per Byland, economist, great writer, on Twitter, slash X, he says, there's this term from Investitopia. So you can skip Investitopia. Market failure, a situation defined by an inefficient distribution of goods and services in the free market. Whoops. Well, writes Per Byland, quote, he says, the very definition of this concept, as they provide it, indicates how irrelevant the concept is. It should be placed once and for all in the dustbin of history. It's not a failure that reality doesn't reflect the outcomes of a model based on outlandish assumptions. So again, we'll repeat this. They define market failure as a situation defined by an inefficient distribution of goods and services in the free market. Well, what is the market designed to do? It's designed to find those flaws and correct them. That's the whole point. That's why people engage in the market and can become massively wealthy, because they find the ways to improve the system. There is no such thing as market failure. The market is designed to handle those things about distribution of goods and the actual definition of what is a good. It's just amazing. In the meantime, what are they doing to our economy? Well, they're doing a lot of bad things. Let's check out this from X. Uh, It has to do with John Podesta, of all things. So here it is. John Podesta was behind Biden's decision to pause natural gas exports. His lobbyist brother stands to benefit. This comes from the Free Beacon, everybody. This is a big deal. Check this out. Washington Free Beacon. John Podesta was behind Biden's decision to pause natural gas exports. Remember last week we were talking about how they wanted to stop any further natural gas deposits, repositories on uh, wharfs or near, near the ocean? 
They weren't going to allow for any more of those. Well, this is another fold of that story. Again, destroying the energy supply, destroying the energy markets, doing everything they can to bankrupt these people. There's Skippy and his weird brother with his weirdo art. Tony Podesta represents foreign companies involved in the natural gas industry. What a shock. Alana Goodman, she's always excellent. Biden administration climate envoy, John Podesta. Remember, he's replacing the former hero of all time, John Kerry. So Skippy is replacing Mr. Vietnam hero. I threw my medals away, but I really didn't. I was for it before I was against it. The 21st century schizoid man, Kerry. Biden administration climate envoy John Podesta was behind the administration's decision to pause U.S. liquefied natural gas exports. His brother, Tony Podesta, could reap the benefits as a longtime lobbyist for foreign liquefied natural gas companies, including one founded by a Russian energy so-called oligarch. John Podesta played a major role in ushering in the new LNG policy, sources told the Washington Free Beacon, a move that is seen as a political giveaway to green energy activists in the Democrat Party base. Deep-pocketed left-leaning donors, including charities funded by the Rockefeller Brothers and Michael Bloomberg, have poured millions of dollars into environmental groups that lobbied to cut off new LNG permit approvals, the Wall Street Journal reported. But the decision could also boost current and former clients of Podesta's brother, Washington power lobbyist Tony Podesta, who has long represented foreign companies involved in the LNG industry. What a surprise. Over the last decade, Tony Podesta's client roster has included LNG Group Golden Pass, which is co-owned by the state-run Qatar Energy and the Bulgarian company Protos Energy, which reportedly hired him to work on LNG-related issues. Since 2022, Tony Podesta's firm has ranked has raked in over $1 million from GenCorp, an investment fund that was barred from working on a Bulgarian LNG and energy development project due to what? Yeah, you got it. The company's links to Russia. But I guess you're not evil. You're not a bad guy if you're a Podesta and it's somehow linked to Russia. Tony Podesta's lobbying work and its potential overlap with his brother's role in the Biden administration has come under scrutiny in the past. In 2021, House so-called lawmakers question whether Tony Podesta's work for the Chinese telecom company Huawei would have an influence on the Biden administration's China policy. Eh, no kidding. The lobbyists' work in the LNG industry is raising similar questions, according to critics. Yes, here we go. This is an energy insider talking to the Free Beacon. Quote, It's no secret that John Podesta is the person behind this moratorium, one energy industry insider told the Free Beacon. Congress, he says, she says, Congress should take a very hard look at the fact that his own brother stands to financially benefit from from restrictions on U.S. LNG on the global market, whether it be from his past work with the Qataris or current reported work with Russian-backed entities with interests in LNG. 
So literally, you've got the guy replacing the so-called climate czar. His brother is making a mint with natural gas companies. Oh, man, it doesn't get any better than that. That's just glorious. It's so perfect, right? Um. <laughs> oh, talking about putting out the fire with gasoline. I don't know if you got to see this, but just this afternoon I spotted this one. I know you're going to be shocked. You're going to be shocked. If you're having chicken for dinner, you better store it up, freeze it up, because guess what? Another chicken fire. Massive fire engulfs U.S. chicken farm. But it's only it's completely, completely coincidental. There's nothing behind it in any way whatsoever. State of the Onion writes, Massive fire engulfs U.S. chicken farm. Containment expected to last days. I think they mean containment expected to take days, not last days. There's the fire. Mm-mm, good. Secret spices. Yeah, I think there's some secrets going on as far as the causes of all these fires. A massive fire broke out at Feathercrest Farms in Curtin, Texas, on January 29th, taking two days to contain Jason Ware, Deputy Emergency Management Coordinator for Brazos County, said at the time, quote, upon arrival, there were two buildings on Feathercrest Farms property. I think they, they say that they were on fire. At this time, the fire is contained. Oh, sorry, I misread that. Uh, so there you go. There's ground footage shared by Jim Soydem with KBTX. Shows that the fire at Feathercrest Farms continues to burn into the night. So this is uh, night. There it is. What a loss. What a terrible, terrible thing. What is that thing? Well, don't you see that? You see that? Look at that. Right in the dissolve. Look at that. It's an oil rig. It's an oil derrick. Did you see that? Boy, those sinners. Wow. Chicken and oil? Man, terrible, terrible, terrible. There were no human casualties. The cause of the fire remains unknown. I know. I know. The cause of the fire remains unknown. The farm was purchased by MPS Eggs Farm, Egg Farm in 2020, had 96 employees at the time. Sad stuff for those folks. I'm sorry to hear about that. There's a little bit of the freeze frame. There's more video footage, but uh, we'll show you that some other time. Uh, so with that stated, let's look at economics beyond this and talk about how the United States is following in Canada's footsteps. Return to, of course, the guy who just befriended me on Facebook. He sent me a friend request. Thank you, Peter St. Ange. If you're watching, thanks for approaching me. I appreciate that very much. Here is Professor Pete St. Ange. Yes, indeed. He's given us this information. And a sign of what's coming to America, Canadians are getting crushed by taxes, inflation, and housing costs that turn middle-class salaries into barely scraping by. But I will let him hit us with it. In a sign of what's coming for America, our neighbors to the north are getting crushed by taxes, even as Canada's soaring inflation and house prices turn middle-class salaries into barely scraping by. I've mentioned, Canon in recent videos how socialism and activist central banking have delivered an economy that's essentially West Virginia pay with California taxes and million-dollar homes. A recent survey from the Fraser Institute lists 24 ways Canadians are getting crushed. Starting with the fact that Canadian wages have been stagnant since 2016, that's eight years, to the point the average Canadian now earns almost $18,000 less than an American. 
There's no cavalry coming with the OECD predicting Canada will be the worst performing advanced economy all the way to 2060. Now, the OECD includes some pretty lame company. Most of Europe is deindustrializing thanks to greens in Ukraine. Japan is muddling along as usual. And here in the U.S., we'd be deep in stagflation if Washington were not buying it out with debt. The worst of that bunch is like being the slowest runner at the body positive marathon. Canada's actually been nosediving since 2014. When Justin Trudeau first came to power, business investment tanked from 79 cents per dollar of salary to just 55, so that's down almost a third, as 285 billion of investment capital fled Canada over 3 trillion in U.S. terms. What's replacing productive investment? Government. Government workers are growing almost four times faster than the private sector thanks to a doubling in government spending and a doubling in debt. Canadian taxpayers are currently generously paying the salaries to 4.1 million government employees. That is equivalent to almost 35 million government workers in U.S. terms. And that comes to one in five workers in Canada who are paid 31% more than the productive workers they force to pay their salary. In fact, the average Canadian now pays almost half their income to these parasites, more than Canadians spend on housing and food combined. Wow. As always, the bigger government gets, the worse it gets. It's most stark in government-run healthcare, which has completely collapsed since COVID, with notoriously long wait times going from nine weeks to 28 weeks, even for, quote, medically necessary treatment. In fact, tens of thousands of Canadians flee to America or Mexico, paying cash out of pocket, instead of suffering in bed for six months waiting on hip surgery. So what's next? Brought to you by Unchained.com. What's driving Canada's collapse is simple. Its government is taking over, and its environmentalists have turned into what Black calls a green terror, banning or taxing every productive sector of the economy, especially energy. To give a flavor, one study found environmental mandates alone add $55,000 to the cost of a new Canadian home. Now, Canadians can see what's happening. One poll found 74% think government is too big and they're being overtaxed. And they blame Justin Trudeau, who is currently among the least popular leaders on earth, even worse than Joe Biden. The one ray of hope is a federal election next year where apple-munching populist hero Pierre Polyev is tipped to depose Trudeau. But even if Pierre wins, he'll be up against government unions. Remember, that's one in five workers who make America's deep state look like a pussycat. So either way, there's a lot more dark days for Canadians and Americans are not far behind. Okay, we'll be watching. Thank you. you. Great job, shaven headed man. Great, great stuff from Pete St. Ange. Check him out. It's Prof St. Ange, P-R-O-F-S-T-O-N-G-E on X. And great comments, of course, inside Rockfin. A number of folks, Taylor Saunders, Jason Barker, and others talking about home chicken raising and the fact that numerous people are mentioning that the chickens they have at their own homes aren't laying eggs. A lot of problems with the feed, uh, people questioning Purina. And uh, I just want to mention when it comes to Pink St. Ange, just to flip it back to Canada, as I told folks when I lived in Canada I was up at the Outer Limits, and I would talk to the folks there. Never forget, everybody, what Pete St. Ange said right in that was about so-called medically necessary. And he pinged that himself. He he noted so-called med- medically necessary. That is the same thing as a, a uh, an essential or non-essential job. It's the same thing as so-called government protection. They'll decide what to protect, whom to protect, and how much. All of it is 
completely contrary to your choice and your individual liberty. It's completely contrary to morals. It's people imposing their will on you, saying, you can't handle your own money yourself. We're going to take it from you, put it in a pool, and then we'll decide who's important. You can't just operate according to free association and get a job and go to it. No, all of the jobs are part of our calculus. We'll decide what are the essential and the non-essential, and therefore we'll shave off the non-essential jobs. Same thing with tariffs. We'll decide what is essential for the American economy. Rah, rah, wave the flag, and what is not essential. And we will stop the evil opponents from overseas who run contrary and in competition to those essential American employers who gave us a lot of money to get reelected. So there you go. Pete St. Ange has nailed it. When I was in Vancouver, I'll never forget, and I'll mention this again if you've heard it, you've, if you've listened to the show for a long time, you've heard this before, but i got to mention it to new, new uh, listeners, new viewers. Um, when I was in Vancouver, I would hear about their government-run healthcare system. I already knew that there were clinics in the northern part of the United States that Canadians were going over the border to visit because they couldn't stand the wait times. They were already getting really, really bad in their socialized system there. But it was getting so bad in British Columbia, there were a couple things. First, one of the goofiest things was about bicycles. They said that they had mandated bicycle helmets because, of course, everybody pays if you get a head injury from falling off a bike, right? So they slipped it in that way, and then they realized that they were having a problem. On the radio one day, I was listening, it was, uh, it was 1070, 1070 a.m. In, in B.C. Uh, it was like their you know, all-news station. I was listening as I would drive in, and they said, well, the B.C. government is changing and putting a pause on its bicycle helmet mandate uh, because of complaints from people. Uh, legislators, they, they are going to have to reconsider and put in some changes to uh, to allow for turban-wearing Sikhs and people with big heads. Because <laughs> they could put the helmets on. <laughs> it was great. I guess Mojo Jojo, you know, he would, you know, people with big heads and turban-wearing Sikhs. So that, I mean, it was, it was like some of that of a comedy bit, you know. It was just the rhythm of it was great. They, they went with turban-wearing Sikhs, pause, and the radio guy goes, and people with big heads. <laughs> So I told the guys, the carpenter guys, I always used to hang out with those guys down on the sets. And uh, we were laughing. I'm like, oh, man, this is so stupid. And then a couple days later, they said, well, the BC Health Health Department is is, uh, getting complaints right now. They're considering adjustments to the uh, payout schedules to doctors. Of course, anybody who understands the way that government-run health care works, it's not health care in any way anyway, but when they... When they pay for people's health care, that induces people to go more often to the doctor because they're not they're not husbanding their own resources. Right. It's just like, you know, it's just like the rent seeking for the forest land. They'll go in and take everything they can because it's it's not their stuff. So they're not paying for it. They go in for little things that they normally would wait, maybe do something else, that sort of stuff. They go in. Right. So that increases demand. Right. Government subsidy increases demand, just like government subsidy for college or anything. Right. Government subsidizes it. You're going to get more of a demand for it. Right. So people aren't paying for it themselves. They're on the gravy train. They go into the doctors more often. That inspires an upward price spiral for the government. 
the government then puts price caps on the doctors for certain services. The doctors who have pretty heavy bills from going to school and stuff like that, they then say, wait a minute, I'm not getting paid what I think I should be paid for these services. So let me see. Um, What I'll do is decrease the amount of time that I see these people, decrease the amount of service that I give to these people, and increase, make my profit in volume from what is being taken away from me from each unit. I'm going to just increase the number of units per day of people that I see. (laughs) That inspires not even tertiary. This would be the quartiary response from the customers. The patients get ticked off because they say, I was in there for five minutes and they had me go. So that was the point when I was in Vancouver where I started to hear that there were all these complaints from people because they were being rushed in and out of doctors' offices and the doctors weren't giving them the attention that they thought they deserved. So the Vancouver government, the British Columbia government, because they were operating according to the different provinces, it was all under the Canadian system, but each province had its own health system. So the BC system said, well, uh, the the radio announcer said, they're considering uh, adopting a policy of telling doctors how many patients they could see per day and what maladies would take precedence. (laughs) So that was one of the carpenter guys turned to me and goes, So does that mean they can tell us what we can get sick with on what days? I was like, yeah, pretty much. It was insane. And that's so that point that Pete St. Ange brought up, medically necessary, the long wait time, right? And it was already happening in the 90s. That's like I said, that's why there were so many little clinics that were opening up on the border between the United States and Canada, because wealthier Canadian people were crossing the border to get their health care more rapidly. And they and they used to complain when insurance companies would charge people who were higher risk and they called the insurance companies cherry pickers. Right. They called the insurance companies cherry pickers when the insurance companies were just trying to charge people based on actuarially sound risk statistics. They employ actuaries who study mathematics. A buddy of mine studied math in college. He was going to he became an actuary for a little while. He was going to stay in that profession. They got to deal with the numbers. Otherwise, they're going to go under unless, you know, they get government help, (laughs) you know, from the government that can't handle its own budgets. But that's okay because they continue to want to send out money for war. Let's hear a thing. All right, little something from Edwin Starr. Every time I think of the name Edwin, I always think of Edwin Collins as well. He is awesome also. So we're going to turn to antiwar.com. I'm going to show you this one right off the bat, everyone. This is just unbelievable. These people will not stop. Now, do you remember any declaration of war? I don't. Well, here it is. Heavy U.S. and British bombing reported in Yemen's Hodai province. A series of U.S. and British airstrikes were reported in Yemen's western Red Sea province of Hodai 
on Wednesday on as the U.S. continues its heavy bombing campaign against the Houthis. Thanks for listening to Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. Remember, you can tune in every Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Rumble, Rockfin, and my Twitter slash X at Guard Goldsmith. You can also visit me on my Substack at Gardner Goldsmith Substack, and I think you'll find plenty of big stories pertaining to freedom, plus contextual information that will help folks carry away long-lasting lessons for freedom that we can pass on to the next generation. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veterans nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD.